Hey, girlfriends, welcome to another episode of Girlfriends and Goals. We're your hosts, Miosha and Samaria. This podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships, life goals, a little bit of pop culture, and all things womanhood. On today's episode, we were inspired by the conflict going on with the group Escape, if you guys are familiar with them. And so we're going to talk about managing conflict with family. So we have a good episode in store for you guys today. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to our channel, give this video a thumbs up and comment your feelings and thoughts on managing conflict with family. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. All right, we're going to get right into the topic. As you all heard, it's about managing conflict with family. And so we're going to talk about managing conflict in general with family, but also we're going to get into a little bit of our thoughts on the conflict that's been happening on the Queens of R&B. And so Samaria, I want to start by asking you, what are your thoughts on the common phrase, phrase relationships with family blood is thicker than water all right so Samira I want to start by asking you what are your thoughts on the common phrase blood is thicker than water now we've all heard this phrase but I'll just give what I think it means I think it implies that familial relationships are stronger or should be more revered or have a different standard Mm -hmm. than all other relationships. So what are your thoughts on girl, we blood and it's thicker than water. I, so for me, I'm not saying anybody else has to feel this way, but for me, uh, I think I stand by that statement. Hmm. Okay. Tell me why. Uh, I I think I have a pretty close relationship with my family. I really like family. Some some of my best friends, you know, mm-hmm. are in my family. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I think that's what it is. Just based on the family that I was born into. And I don't mm-hmm. just mean immediate. I mean, like extended as well. Okay. Um, I love the vibe that's there. And I think that type of thinking is what has kept that vibe alive, you know, before I came and now that I'm here and I would want to continue it, um, you know, maybe with some adjustments for the mm-hmm. next generation. So okay. I, I stand by also, I, I'm sure like you've seen and how I interact with people Like you said to me, okay, if this person weren't your family, you would probably not accept this. And you're absolutely right. But, you know, I, I do make certain exceptions because of family. But yeah, again, that's just me. I completely understand why people would not feel that way and support people in not feeling that way. Um, today, this is where mm-hmm. it stands for me. How okay. about you? All right. So I'd agree with this. I think mm-hmm. With family, there's a lot of history, there's experiences. And so there's a lot more weight, I think, in terms of continuing the relationships forward because so much history is is there. And then more than likely, your family has shown up for you in big ways Mm -hmm. that maybe certain friendships or dating relationships 
maybe they haven't had the opportunity to show up for you in that way, mm-hmm. or they just have it. And so I'd agree that typically family relationships are stronger, should be more revered. I will say though, that usually when I hear someone say this, mm-hmm. oh, blood is thicker than water, they are saying it in response to maybe something that's going on. And so I think it sometimes it can be said in a bit of a manipulative way to yeah. remind you that, oh, well, this may have happened, but you know, blood is thicker than water and we always going to be closer than everybody else. Even though you might have legitimate concerns or you're really upset about something, I think I've heard it more in that context than just yeah. in general of like, oh, we're so close. It's to remind you that, family has different standards um, and you should be okay with it. Yeah. It's to remind you to accept being treated poorly sometimes. Like when people (laughs) say, no, seriously, when people say blood is thicker than water, it's like, I, I just did something to you. And now I'm telling you blood is thicker than water so that you can accept my poor behavior towards you. And that's the manipulative factor there. Like, so I believe blood is thicker than water, but I also don't believe that that means that you shouldn't be held accountable for certain things. I'm a huge, huge proponent of uh, like talking through things like, hey, you did this and it hurt my feelings. So whether you're blood or not, actually, especially because your blood, we need to hash this out because I am not comfortable with us not talking about this <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you thinking it's okay. And I'm really not comfortable with you feeling like, you know, I should just accept it because we're blood. Um, so- yeah, it's, it's them not wanting the accountability that might be there with certain friendships. Okay. So I know I talked about this a little bit, but do you feel like you have a different standard for how you treat your family versus all other relationships? What's like the hierarchy Mm -hmm. for you? So in terms of how I treat my family versus friends or uh, dating or spouse relationship, Mm -hmm. I try to be equal and treat everyone Mm -hmm. with the same amount of care, concern, um, respect. So I try to be equal only because I think with friends, that accountability is there. They're more likely to say something, Mm -hmm. but with family, I've found that they may still come around because you're family. They may still pick up the phone because you're family, but that doesn't mean that you could mistreat them and that emotionally they won't change. Mm -hmm. And so I try my best to be equal and treat everyone the same and not take family for granted because, oh, you're always going to be family. You're always going to be there. That doesn't equate to you maybe feeling the same amount of connection and concern Mm -hmm. for me, especially if I've been taking advantage of your patients because you're family. So I try. I I understand that. I think it is easy to take family members for granted because it's kind of like oh you're you always gonna be there anyway like what are you gonna do unsister me 
uncousin me like what are you what are you gonna do so I do think a lot of times people tend to take for granted you know that this person is there and trying to actively have a relationship with them they're just like oh you should get over it you should do this whatever um I think I try to treat them all the same too uh, because like I said some of my family members are friends mm -hmm. <laughs> and some of my friends I consider to be family so for me it's more about it's really more about me like mm -hmm. I want to be a consistent person all the way around yeah. I want to make sure that I'm prioritizing people's feelings and all that stuff um so yeah I think the, the treatment is the same <laughs> I'm glad you brought up that you try to be a consistent person all the way around because I think sometimes we might think we're better at compartmentalizing than mm -hmm. what we actually are. Yeah. And maybe some people are able to do it, but I think for as like our relationship, mm -hmm. I would treat you like a sister, uh, you know, and so not have this like on and off switch of, oh, well, I treat my sister X way, but then I treat Samaria different. Like, am I good at am I really that good at containing <laughs> those certain aspects of myself yeah. or treating people different depending on who they are? And maybe some people are, I don't think that I would be. So you're right about just being the same and then you don't have to think about hopefully treating people better or worse or good or bad. It's just yeah. it's always the same. You know where I am different though? <laughs> so mm. this isn't how I treat people, but uh, I, I would definitely cut off a, a friend or, you know, someone who I'm like seeing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would definitely cut one of those people off without, without giving as many chances as I would, you know, with like a family member. Mm -hmm. um, I will give a million and one chances to family members as I, I'll, I'll give as many chances as I can with family mm -hmm. members. Whereas with people who, weren't born into my life you know mm -hmm. people who I've chosen I think I do have maybe I don't want to say a higher expectation of them but mm. it's like you're the person who I chose so if I chose you like I can't choose my family members imperfections yeah you right? got what you got <laughs> exactly but I can't so I in my opinion like okay I have to be around these people even if I don't talk to you a whole lot if, if you show up to the family reunion and I'm there, we're going to have to be around each other. But if mm -hmm. I'm choosing you to come into my space, then I need you to be willing to work on certain things that rub me the wrong way or mm -hmm. uh, not possess certain characteristics that my family members might have. So say, for example, I have a cousin who's like always late which, mm. you know, because I'm from an African family, that's a lot of my concerns. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> this is just a very easy peasy example. Say I have that person who's always running late. I might choose a friend like Neosha who respects time, you know? <laughs> and if, if my cousin shows up late for every single thing in my life, I would just be like, oh, that's that person. Maybe if Miyosha did that, I'll be like, okay, girl, like we might have to have a talk because I've mm -hmm. chosen you to come into my life and I have certain expectations from you. Does yeah. that make sense? Or is that making me seem like wishy-washy and hypocritical? I mean, it sounds like you're working with what you have. Like yeah. you said, it's a choice having those other relationships. Mm -hmm. But with family, you're just working with what you have. I also think that, well, cutting off is extreme, but I, I think with yeah. family, you you'd probably get creative with 
how you maneuver with them. Like you would yeah. just learn like, okay, you might not invite that cousin to brunch, whatever, because you know, they're going to be three hours late. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not that you would cut them off completely. You would just move and shake differently within the relationship, given what you have. Yeah. Whereas the friend doesn't necessarily have to be in my life. Like maybe we're just not at that place where, you know, we see eye to eye. Yeah. So when it comes to conflict with family, Mm -hmm. and I guess in this example, imagine it's just between two people. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about other family members getting involved? And then the follow-up is, have you inserted yourself in other family members' situations? Oh, I have to think about the second one more because I don't know. Okay, Okay. I probably have more so like immediate family Um, just because I just, you know, we're like all one, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But as far as getting other people involved, I think it's actually sometimes necessary. Mm. Yeah, I think if you're in a situation where someone Leah just isn't listening to you or so I'm the youngest in my family mm-hmm. so not saying I, I felt like this a lot but if I ever felt like okay I'm a lower ranking member in the family this is not true so but if I've ever felt that way mm-hmm. I would definitely get assistance from maybe a higher ranking family member Mm -hmm. and be like hey can you come with me to talk to this person and address this situation so in those instances I think it can be necessary because you might not hear it the same way from me as the youngest as you would Mm -hmm. from one of the middle kids or the oldest kid or whatever and so yeah I think it's sometimes necessary to get others involved so you'd recruit someone a bit to <laughs> lobby on your behalf. They don't even have to lobby on my behalf. They can be a neutral person. Okay. But just so that there's a, another party there mm-hmm. who can help to bring things to a resolution. Okay. So for me, mm-hmm. I would try to avoid it. Only because I find that finding that neutrality is hard. Mm. So like you mentioned, like the higher ranking versus lower ranking. And we know you all, we're not saying that Samaria is the lowest ranking in okay, her family. Okay, because I'm the creme de la creme. <laughs> somebody came to my, uh, like a family event. They were like, I feel like you're the celebrity of your family, which I'm not <laughs> because there's like so many of us. But yeah. I think that day, it just seemed like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh but in that example, you may recruit someone, especially if your conflict is with an older person, mm. maybe with one of your uncles or aunts or something. It's like, okay, yeah. well, maybe I need to bring in a party who's of their generation or older mm. to hear the full context of the situation. But I just find that finding that neutrality is hard. Okay. Um, and as with the shows, we'll get to a little bit later with the Queens of R&B the conflict involves the mom of the two sisters of escape inserting herself a bit in their situation. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, I would say to avoid it. And for me, as far as getting myself involved in other family member situations, I try not to because one, I don't want their drama to affect 
my <laughs> my relationship with yeah. you know the other person who may feel like oh you're coming in and you're not on my side mm. so that's the first thing and then two is like I would really need to understand fully everything that's happened gotcha. because people only be repeating certain pieces of maybe everything that's going on <laughs> so I can't be showing up to to talk on your behalf or try to even be neutral if y'all are only going to piecemeal I think people rarely lay out the full situation especially if they've been up to no good <laughs> they've been mm -hmm. acting out out here yeah, it's like uh I I would try to avoid it but I'm not saying that I never would mm -hmm. if I felt like I needed to then I would but it wouldn't it wouldn't be something I would want to do Oh, okay. So how would you go about doing that? Because uh, the time that I can think about me, maybe inserting myself, it hasn't been like an insertion in the sense that, okay, I'm bringing y'all to it now. We all have to talk. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I'll peep what's going on and just talk to one person about it. The other person doesn't even have to know that I'm having this conversation, mm -hmm. but I'll say, hey, you know, maybe I feel like you could have done this differently and I understand that this person did that and that you were reacting to this, but I think your reaction could have been different, whatever. And then, you know, another day I might go and have a conversation with the other person and say, now, you know, that was not right. Like, why <laughs> would you, you know? So insert myself in a way to like, maybe foster peace between the mm. two parties uh but yeah I think it's a delicate dance yeah so I think that way could work mm. uh <laughs> if both people are receptive of you even coming to them yeah on the side because so they could be like well it sounds like you're inserting yourself <laughs> like you don't know the full context yeah. of everything that's been happening. So I would be open to that. But also, say, for example, both people have been coming to me. Yeah. That's when I would say, okay, let's all sit down here because you come to me and saying stuff. You come <laughs> to me and saying stuff. I'm really tired of hearing about it all. There's <laughs> a lot of he say, she say going on. Yeah, it's like, time for it. <laughs> y'all maybe need to be face to face. So in- if yeah. they've both been coming to me, I would push for all of us to sit down. Mm -hmm. And my role is maybe that of a mediator in calling yeah. out certain things that are just blatantly wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I felt that. And even then, it would just be so that they can probably just stop coming to me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not able to help if I'm just holding on to... Yeah if there's no resolve so I think both ways could work it just depends on what they've been coming to you with how you know that and where they are like do they even want to resolve things you know I think sometimes sometimes people just want their side to be heard and feel like I need to be heard you need to kind of like do what I say in a mm -hmm. sense and it's like hey if we're trying to find common ground Ain't, ain't no common ground will be found that way <laughs> so yeah. it depends yeah on the party true. involved okay so now that we can talk about queens of r&b a little bit so it ended a few weeks ago mm -hmm. at the time that this episode is coming out but it caused a lot of like uproar because there are two sisters who are in a singing group together and some of their conflict actually involved the mom. Mm -hmm. And in moments where the mom would insert herself, 
it seemed like she was more in favor of one sister than the other. And so what, how did you feel about that situation? And how do you feel about parents in general stepping in between siblings to like Mm -hmm. manage the conflict? Yeah, so I think for me, it was pretty obvious that (laughs) the mom was taking sides. It was almost as if she wasn't, trying to hide it or maybe she forgot the cameras were rolling (laughs) so obvious or she was mic'd up in one of the scenes she told Latasha Mm -hmm. uh, the older sister like oh your sister's just jealous of you I don't think I've ever heard a parent just outright say you may feel it but to actually she was right there (laughs) she was right right there So for me, it was very blatant Mm -hmm. that she's showing some type of favoritism. And uh, later on, Latasha, I mean, I'm sorry, Tamika, Mm -hmm. the sister who's on the receiving end of a lot of this conflict, mentioned that for years, she felt her mom had favoritism towards her sister, but they were able to kind of gloss over it because she was very agreeable. As long as she was agreeing with what her older sister said, her mom was for the most part okay with it. And Mm -hmm. there was no heat coming her way. So that's the other piece is that Tamika has evolved into a little bit of a different person who's not just going along to get along. Mm -hmm. And so now the feelings of her mom having a favorite are it's really rearing its head because it's so obvious that okay now I'm not getting in line with what my big sister is doing and saying and now you're treating me different so that's also why I had a problem with it is because the sister's relationship is their relationship Mm -hmm. and I don't think the moms should be treating the daughters differently based off of what's going on between them yeah yeah you know what's interesting I've heard discussions about like evolution when it comes to people who've been married for a long time so for example you know when somebody first got married they kind of just went along to get along but then later as they grew into themselves they became more vocal or you know someone who was in this career and felt like they would always be in that career Mm -hmm. and then later on they're like I want to be an entrepreneur and how that evolution might affect might affect that relationship but Mm -hmm. I I haven't seen it very often from the perspective of how it affects your relationship with your siblings. Like to me, that connection I would have never really made probably because I'm so like, you know, in my own relationship with my siblings, like I don't Mm -hmm. see that causing any type of rift. And that's my frame of frame of reference or point of reference. But yeah, seeing it play out the way that it has where okay, I used to just agree and have my sisters back. But now when my sister's doing things that are like, I can't even back this stuff that <laughs> she's doing. And so I have to say something now I'm public enemy number one with her and my mother. Yeah, you mentioned not seeing it with siblings. Mm-hmm. An area where I have seen it is between a parent and child where mm-hmm. a child has evolved. I mean, children grow. Yeah. And- parents maybe aren't able to keep up with where their child is in life in terms of development or the child changing. Yeah. And the parents like, wait, this used to be okay to say to you or do, and now it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And so I have seen it in that regard. And it could be part of that too, where 
she's not just changing with her sister, but she's giving boundaries for other people too. And it could include her mom Mm -hmm. as well, even though this is specifically focused on the drama between the two sisters. Yeah. Um, How do you feel though about a parent stepping in to, I guess, play mediator Mm -hmm. between siblings? I don't think I like it. I don't think I like it at all. Um, Unless Mm. it's, you know, trying to teach them communication skills or whatever the case might be, maybe at a young age, but I'm not in favor of it as adults, Mm. you know? Uh, Yeah, and I wonder why that is. Maybe I need to reflect on that a little bit more, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I just don't see how it would be helpful. I do Mm. think, you know, if there needs to be some type of a mediator, like maybe talk to a a family specialist or something like Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you guys are struggling, struggling to communicate where each of you might stand and you want to come to some type of resolve, it's perfectly okay to get a, a third party, but maybe a disinterested third party. With the parents, I just... I would really be concerned about it affecting the parent-child relationship with each of the siblings. Yeah. As a mom, I could imagine it's hard, though. To stay outside? Yeah, to mind your own business. (laughs) Because I think parents, you know, you envision your kids growing older together and just having these wonderful sibling relationships. Mm -hmm. And in this scenario, though... I think it doesn't warrant the mom stepping in. I think she's stepping in just because she wants to control things, (laughs) not from, okay, some, you know, this child is, um, there could be physical harm there or like something really, 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 really wrong. She's just stepping in because I, like, as she mentioned, she's the fifth member of the group. Mm -hmm. She just wants to be involved. I would say, if the situation is dire enough, I could see myself stepping in, hmm. but I would have to tread very lightly. And only probably if I felt like someone's physical safety is at harm, like it would have to be pretty extreme Okay. for me to, I mean, you laugh, but siblings fight. <laughs> no, 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 they do. But um, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting that that would be when you would step in, like if the physical was, I mean, um, because right. they're gonna, they're gonna fight, they're gonna go back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll kiss, you'll make up. And that's the thing with family relationships, you'll get into it. You may be feeling away as the outside person and then they make up. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I would, as a mom, they're like, okay, my kids are going to fight. They'll get back together. They'll fight. They'll get back together. And if it's really extreme, then I'll feel the need to step hmm. in, but not beforehand. Because even like you see that with dating relationships, where it's like, oh, let me get you getting involved. And then here they are all lovey-dovey again. And, you and may now still you're be, the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're the enemy for getting, your, getting yourself involved. So yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. As an adult to have the parent step in. I think the the parent would just have to be an extremely neutral parent for that to work. And can that happen? So the other piece of this is Tamika feeling like the mom is always favorited, the sister. Mm -hmm. And so that got me to thinking, you know, parents will say, oh, I, I don't have a favorite child or 
you know, I love you all the same. Do you think that that's true? I mean, you don't have kids yet, but do you think that parents love all of their kids the same? Cool. You know why this is difficult? (laughs) Because, Because, um, because each person needs to be loved differently. I don't know that it's fair to be like, oh, you know, I love them all the same or this person is loved more. However, I think if there are say two siblings and a parent is extremely attentive to how this one wants to be loved or maybe it just comes more easily to them the way Mm -hmm. that this first sibling wants to be loved um and they're not taking the time even if it is a struggle to figure out how does this other sibling feel loved how can I adjust to make sure they feel loved that's where I think the favoritism conversations come in like if you're a parent Mm -hmm. and um let's say acts of service is your gift and you have this sibling number one who really appreciates acts of service, you know, and does them back, then I think it's probably easier for that parent to, you know, just identify with sibling number one. But Mm -hmm. if they're not the touchy feely type of parent and sibling number two has like this extreme need for physical touch and wants to be hugged on and loved on, as a parent, I think you have to step outside of yourself Mm-hmm. give the physical touch so that this person feels love um so if you're not doing that then obviously acts of service sibling is going to seem like the favorite because y'all are all chummy and y'all mm-hmm. you know gel and get each other that's that's one thing that i think i don't know if that's like the entirety of it mm-hmm. but i think that has to play a role somehow yeah and i also think just different personalities Uh may click together you may share similar interests or Mm -hmm. things you like to do and that can come across as oh mom loves this sibling more than they love me but I do think as a parent as you would with any other relationship that you want to thrive you have to put in the extra work especially when they're young to, to, I don't even think especially when they, I mean, maybe especially when they're well, young, but also, yeah. <laughs> when you're building the foundational relationship, yeah. meaning when they're young versus if they're 30 and they can maybe comprehend that, oh, okay, mom loves me, but she just isn't into sewing. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> they can hopefully separate the two once they've gotten to a certain age, but they know, okay, when I was a child, she went out of her way to show interest in the things that maybe she wasn't interested in, but that was her way of also spending time with me. Um, but yeah, I think just like personalities, sometimes you click more, but that's not an excuse. I don't think to not have a certain amount of emotional closeness and connection with your, with your children in the same way. Yeah. This is a really interesting conversation to have, like, as you know, someone who doesn't have children, but it's, it's something that I feel like needs to be thought through, you know, Mm -hmm. if you are going to make this commitment with your body to become a parent, like, um, you need to also keep in mind that you're always going to be stepping outside of your comfort zone to make sure this other person feels love. 
So, you know, if, if this one needs to talk things out, then you need to make yourself available for that. Or if this other one, you notice they keep things to themselves and try to sort it out, you know, Mm -hmm. within themselves, then maybe you need to initiate a little bit more so that they can feel comfortable trying to express those things. Like you might have to pull it out of them and Mm -hmm. maybe that it takes more effort than the one who just wants to talk all day and all night. But if you're making that commitment to have a child or have children, then mm-hmm. that's probably something to to think about. Oh, yeah. I think some of us go into parenthood just envisioning little versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh, I made you. So you must be like me. But yes. that is definitely not the case. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so glad that you said that. Cause on um was it on like Sandra's episode where she was talking about complicated um your relationship with, with her mom. mom where I think um she said something similar to that. But I appreciate your pointing out that okay there's this expectation for you to handle things the way that I handle things. And it's like, you know, just because you handled it that way, that doesn't mean that I should, or just because you decided to not address this, that doesn't mean everybody's going to not address things that are impacting them Mm -hmm. um, too. And I think that's kind of what happened with the whole Tamika and, and Latasha situation was okay we're so used to her not addressing things and now all of a sudden she's trying to address all this whereas mm-hmm. the whole time we've had this you know unit I think they've called themselves like oh it's the three musketeers or something mm-hmm. like that because it was just you know them and their mom but you know we've had this unit where we're used to doing things this way and you're not addressing things and now all of a sudden you want to be more vocal <laughs> Yeah. So you mentioned it always being the three of them, but part of the drama within the family conflict (laughs) is Latasha, one of the sisters' husbands, inserting himself into their relationship, going as far as to steal money and attempting to extort his sister-in-law, which is Tamika. Mm -hmm. So that brings in a whole different element of Mm in-laws. What are your thoughts about managing family relationships in terms of in-laws and establishing boundaries? I don't know. I want to hear yours. I don't have (laughs) in-laws. Well, okay, I have in-laws, but not like, um, like I'm not married into anybody's family yet. So I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, It's just such a sticky thing where you want the in-laws to be close. You want them to feel like you're a part of the family and that there's no line of demarcation. Yeah. But there is. (laughs) So I think you just have to find a way to balance that of letting them feel included, but not getting (laughs) so comfortable to be extreme as in this situation where I think- (laughs) Boundaries were probably tested early on, little bit by little bit to where the floodgates are open. Mm -hmm. And so I think in terms of, I guess, a person marrying into a family, yes, your family, but you still do have to tread lightly 
and there has to be boundaries there and how you interact with your spouse's family. And then on the family side as well, you know, you can't think that, oh, well, now you're a part of the family and you're like a sibling. No, they're married into the family. And because that (laughs) history isn't there, the emotional connection will take time to build as you mentioned earlier, you know, there can be a different standard with maybe the chances that you're willing to give family versus other people. So the family also has to keep that in mind and that that connection may not be there to where they may be as accepting of certain things that you're doing and saying like your family member would be. Mm -hmm. But I say all that to say that I do think that healthy boundaries need to be in place from the beginning Mm -hmm. while also making both sides feel very included yeah in the relationship yeah I so like I said I don't really know so I'm not speaking from any experience but in the perfect world this is how I think of course we don't live in a perfect world but in the perfect (laughs) world this is how um, you know I would like to handle things especially when it comes to conflict I think if you know anybody from my family offends my significant other I would want them to take that L with that person come to me and talk to me about it and then perhaps I would address it Mm -hmm. or if you know someone in their family did something to me I will I will sit there and take that L hold it real tight Mm -hmm. and be like hey this happened but of course that only works if you have a significant other who's willing to you know, have, have some uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. on your behalf, but yeah, I, I just would never want to get into any type of back and forth with anybody else's family. That yeah. would be very uncomfortable to me. Um, so I would just sit there, be respectful, you know, and, um, have a conversation with that person later. Yeah. I, I think in this situation, they've been together for so long that they're just so comfortable with yeah. talking to each other back and forth. And that's where I think the boundaries up front of kind of understanding, okay, if you have an issue with me or with my spouse, you know, try to come to me first. I will say though, from what I've observed mm-hmm. is that say in the situation where you mentioned that maybe your spouse would just hold it, mm-hmm. talk to you about it, and then you'll go address it. But I do think that some family members are like, well, why didn't they just tell me? Or why didn't, like, they have the expectations that, oh, well, we can just address conflict together. Yeah. And to that, I would say, uh, because we have a policy in our relationship where we don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like, well, why didn't they just tell me right then? Or we could have hashed it out. Or why do we have to go through you? Because I want them to go through me. (laughs) Yeah, because I do think that it keeps it controlled to where it doesn't escalate Mm -hmm. because maybe that relationship just isn't at the place where maybe it makes sense for them to be trying to hash it out together because you are still an in-law. Yes. And to your point about boundaries being there from the beginning. So with the sisters, Tamika and Latasha, Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, she and her husband had been together so long and they were very young. So Mm -hmm. like boundaries, I'm not going to say they're a new thing, but 28 years ago, were we talking about boundaries in the way that we're talking about them now? No. And, you know, maybe it was even worse when you were a younger person, you know? So 
maybe at the beginning of their relationship, boundaries weren't a thing in mm-hmm. the way that they might be at the beginning of someone's relationship today. Yeah. And I was also thinking too, that the husband in this situation was probably feeding off of how he would interact with his sister-in-law based off of maybe how he saw his wife interacting. And so okay. whatever relationship she had with her sister, he's pigging, piggybacking off of that energy and maybe thinking that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And now that she's evolving and changing, he may even be feeling like, well, what's the problem now? You've been cool with it <laughs> this yeah. whole time. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so if you had to give some advice just in general about how someone should manage conflict with family, we've talked a lot about more immediate family, but let's, mm-hmm. you know, family, extended family as well. What advice would you give? Hmm. Well, the first thing is I would say don't avoid it addressing it don't avoid addressing it is the first thing I would say um but be mindful of when I feel like with conflict a lot of it trying to hash it out isn't so much the nitty-gritty details of the conversation when you get there it's the timing of when you're maybe going to address it with the other person and so I know that no time is perfect you don't want to continue to put it off But if something maybe just happened that day and you're upset about it, I would say wait and sleep (laughs) on it. (laughs) Give yourself time to fully think through your emotions and how you feel about it and give them the time as well. But I also, I don't know that I would wait like months and months and months Mm -hmm. because you could be also met with resistance of like, okay, girl, this happened six months ago, six years ago, and you're just, (laughs) you still, you still holding on to this. (laughs) (laughs) And so that could also bring more conflicts because they're upset that you waited so long, especially if you know, you're going to see them in between. So be mindful of the timing and maybe even initiating the conversation with expressing how much you want to get on the same page. And Mm -hmm. that's your main goal not to be confrontational unnecessarily I think I would say deal with everything on a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. I think you should think about who this person is are they trying to come to a resolution or are they just trying to be right Mm. you know and so then I think that'll tell you if you need to even be trying to manage it or it'll at least tell you how you can't handle it so that maybe you can start to explore how it is possible. Um, so that, and then I will also consider where what you want out of the relationship. So like I said at the beginning, I'm a blood is thicker than water person and I like to keep my family close, whatever, whatever. But, you know, closeness doesn't have to be the same from beginning to end you know Mm. at certain points we might lean into one person more and other times we might have to lean back a little bit so just consider for where you are right now what do you want from that relationship do you want it to be close if so then you might want to you know take some steps leading towards you guys being closer or you might want to express hey I want us back to being close can we try to resolve this 
if you're okay with just being where you guys are, like we're just cool, then that that will tell you how little or how much effort you need to put into it. So deal with it on a case-by-case basis and consider who the person is, what they're trying to accomplish, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, what what you want from the relationship. That's what I would mm-hmm. say. All right. Well, we're going to get into our next segment, which is called Girl, What's Good, where we talk about something we've been loving for the past couple of weeks. It could be a book, a podcast, a story, anything we've been loving. So Samaria, what's been good with you? Okay. So mine is a show, obviously, because Mm -hmm. I always do shows, (laughs) Uh, but it's called The Company You Keep. Have I told Mm -hmm. you about that one? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, good. Because I felt like I had. <laughs> uh, so it's called The Company You Keep. It comes on ABC mm-hmm. and it's in its first season. It has to do with like some crime, some FBI, CIA type stuff. And uh, it has some like drama and romance in there as well. But it's a really good show. The guy, I forget his last name, Milo. Uh, it starts with a V, but I can't remember. But he was, he played Jack on This Is Us. He was one of the mm. main characters. It also has Courtney Taylor, who was Issa's assistant on Insecure. Oh, so she's yeah. on there. We yeah. love her. <laughs> love her. So she doesn't have like a main role, but she shows up every other episode. Um, but yeah, so it it's a really, really interesting show. Uh, I just decided to watch it one day and fell in love with it. So I would highly recommend the company you keep. And it comes on ABC, but of course the um, the reruns like are on Hulu, so you can okay. watch it on Hulu. Okay, yeah, we love to binge watch. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what day it comes on. I just whenever Hulu's like, oh, it's up, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I have to watch it now. Okay, cool. Well, what's been good with me is a fitness product, and y'all have probably seen it everywhere but this is new to me Uh, so if you like to work out you know sometimes you need a boost but you don't always want the physical effects Hmm. you may have heard of pre-workouts it's just something to give you a boost right before your workout and so I've been taking pre-workouts for years Hmm. but I hate the itchy feeling that it gives you just the tingly feeling all over yeah it's it's hard to find a pre-workout that doesn't do that. I know some people do use coffee and teas, but if you like the powdered pre-workouts, the legit ones, it's hard to find it without that effect. I have been using Celsius, which is just a natural energy drink. And I never thought to use it as a (laughs) pre-workout because in my mind, I was like, oh, people drink those maybe if they're studying or if they have to stay up late, yeah. but it's a fitness product. And so, yeah, I've been drinking Celsius before my workouts, my harder ones, not just if I'm going to go for a walk, but I love the boost that it gives me yeah. but without the jitters and itchy feeling. It doesn't affect my sleep. I'm able to sleep just fine, but get a really good workout. So you've probably seen, you can find Celsius in probably every store. Um, I remember when they first came out, um, I think only gas stations would have them, but oh. Target, Walmart, Walgreens, it's literally everywhere. But yeah, if you want a pre-workout uh, that does not give you the jitters mm-hmm. or the itchy feeling all over, try Celsius. I stand you, by it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've never heard of Celsius. I mean, I wouldn't because really? I'm not a person who enjoys working out. Like I, yeah. I just kind of do it. But uh, and you I don't think, drink coffee either. Yeah, so. I don't drink coffee. Either. Yeah, yeah. So 
if I don't have the motivation, I just don't, I just ain't got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this year was actually my first year hearing the term pre-workout. Really? Yeah. Like one of my yeah. friends put on her stories like, oh yeah, this is my pre-workout. And I was mm -hmm. like, is this a thing? It's, so, a, yeah, that's it's it. a thing. It's so yeah, you said for years, I'm like, huh, where have I been? Yeah. I think it was just one of those things I assumed people knew about just uh -huh. because I guess like maybe you wouldn't know if you don't ever go on a supplement store, like you don't drink protein shakes or anything like that. So I can see why you wouldn't have heard about it. But if you drink protein shakes or post-workout recovery um, type of drinks, oh. uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of tools that are out there to help you like towards your fitness journey. It's not just, oh, I run off natural, you know, energy or whatever. There's a lot of supplements out there. Were you making fun of me just now? Was that my voice? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm on a natural high. <laughs> Whatever. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals podcast, where we'll definitely ask your thoughts on this topic throughout the week. If you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do that now. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate, review, and share. Until next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>